This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... You can't just think your way into, okay, today I'm going to be relaxed. You know, when you have all these imbalances going on and you have all these hormones in a red state, you have to work from the inside out and the outside in. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. Stress. We all have it. Work, family, friends, pandemics. It seems as if our collective stress levels have seemed to hit an all-time high throughout this past year. And while stress seems like an inevitable, natural response in our everyday lives at this point, it's important to know that it's actually wreaking havoc on your overall health and wellness. Today, we're going to talk about the damaging effects of stress and what you can do to prevent them. Our guest this week is Dr. Vicki Peterson. She is co-founder of Root Cause Medical Clinics. She's a certified clinical nutritionist, chiropractor, and certified functional medicine practitioner. So I'm by no means immune to stress. It still affects me constantly. This last year has been tough. But when I think about my relationship with stress, I feel like it has changed a lot since I started this path of wellness or whatever it is that I've been on for the last, uh, as it turns out, eight or nine years. I think about how angry I used to get at work about dumb things and how it would just dominate my my headspace for days over something somebody would say or something, the way somebody would react to work that I put together that was way, like I had, I had no control over how other people reacted to me, but I allowed their reaction to just control me and, and stress me out and drive me insane. And it's so, uh, I guess, rewarding to look back and go, you know, this journey that began on a bike started to ease some of my stress found myself in a therapist's office where he pointed out what some of that stress was and how small it really was. And through teaching me meditation has allowed me to just go, oh my God, none of that shit matters. It just doesn't, It like the things that drove me to the brink eight years ago, I don't even, like they don't, they're not even thoughts. They don't even occur to me anymore. Now it's like, it's the big stuff. It's COVID, it's house payments, it's moving, it's job, like, it's finding new jobs. It's the big stuff that that matters. And it's amazing how how much we let little things just completely stress us out. Yeah, I hear you. There's still a, a few things in my life that I've let in that are so simple, are so small, that cause me the greatest amount of stress. And just being able to recognize that, though, and throw them out is so liberating. Just before we hit record, I got an email from my boss and I was ranting about it. And it's like, oh, God, this is so frustrating, blah, blah. I'm already over it. Eight years ago, that email would, I like four days from now, I would still be just stewing over it and just like, oh, I just don't understand. So dumb. Like, but, but when you have the perspective and when you can train yourself to take a minute and, and pause and reflect on, does this really matter? And that's not easy. That takes a lot of practice and, and a lot of effort to get to that point. But when you can do that, that's when you can really prioritize which stressors to respond to and how to appropriately respond to them. So I want to unpack that just a little bit. Because you said, you know, you got, on, you got on a bike, you started meditating. Eight years later, things don't stress you out as much. Mm-hmm. Sounds too easy. What do you think are, you know, some of the, the bigger contributors to your ability to react and then just let it go 
What, what's what's the biggest thing mindset difference that you've put in place that's that's allowed you to do that? I think the big thing and all of those tools that I mentioned are they create clarity. My my therapist and, and anyone who's read anything about this kind of work has heard an analogy like this one or this one where so much of our life is just it's this glass of water that's just it's murky and muddy and and or, or you're walking through a river and it's murky and muddy and every step you take it just kicks up more and more and it just and it's just hard to see through. So by meditating, by learning to live more in the moment, which is basically what, what biking taught me, because if I didn't live in the moment on my bike, I was going to die in the moment because something was going to hit me. Just learning just to just be present in now, whenever now is, or even now, and being able to meditate and, and just let all of that sediment settle back down to the bottom allows me to see what do I really need to focus on? Do I really need to focus on that email? No, mm-hmm. the, the points that were brought up, I don't have to deal with those for weeks. So rather than sitting here going, well, I better come up with a good answer and oh, I got to respond appropriately and, and come up. None of, I wrote, I literally wrote back and said, this is not something I can deal with right now. I'll deal with it when I have time. And, and like, that's it. I'm done. I moved on and it's, it's his problem, not my problem. So yeah. I can now focus on the things that I need to do to give him a better answer when I'm ready rather than worrying about how is he going to respond to whatever answer I can manufacture to satisfy his needs. I don't, I don't need to satisfy his needs. I need to make sure that I'm doing what's appropriate for me and alleviating whatever stress that is creating for me. Again, you speak about it as though it was super easy to do. So it's just really, and I, and I, I've kind of gotten there myself too. I, I, I tried I read it somewhere the other day, but it this is actually the the way it works in my head is I feel like I'm at a train station and I'm sitting on the bench and it this works for meditation too. Like and the trains are going by and the trains are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And every now and then a train goes by and I just get on it. And then I realize I'm on the train. Like, ah shit, I'm on the train again. And I have to get off. Yep. And sit on the bench and watch the trains go by. And that's for me, like letting that go is going, oh, I'm on the train. Time to get off. My bench is right there. Yep. Let me go sit on my bench again. Does that make sense? It, it absolutely makes sense. And I think it's a similar analogy. And I think, you know, you mentioned that it sounds simple. I did mention that it's taken eight years to get to this point. You know, th- this is hours of meditation. This is retreats. Well, what I'm, what I'm like- really trying to get at, Jeremy, is how do I do this overnight? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Well, there are uh, certain psychedelics you could experiment with. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't speak from experience on them, but uh, I heard they work great. Um, but uh, but there are some techniques. There are some breathwork techniques. There are some meditation techniques. There are some retreats that you can go on and, and in a weekend have a tremendous amount of relief and learn a, a little bit more perspective. There are some shortcuts. There are also some long cuts, and that's a lot of what we get into with our guest. Her name is Dr. Vicki Peterson. She's co-founder of the Root Cause Medical Clinic, and there are so many things that get in the way of our ability to manage stress properly, diet, nutrition, exercise. I had a chance to have a really in-depth conversation with her about all of them and some simple tools you can implement in your life to be able to start managing those stressors a little better. And the conversation begins with uh, an examination of the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems and how stress affects them in our body. I like to start with the sympathetic because that is the fight or flight part of the nervous system. And most people have heard of that. So the fight or flight is that's the same as the sympathetic. And that's what 
gives you adrenaline and raises your heart rate and gets blood pumping through your muscles. And so you're stronger, you're faster, you're cognitively better. You know, it, it's good stuff. You know? <laughs> um, and, and we like it, you know, you and I are doing a little bit of that right now, yes. but um, the idea is that 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 is not constantly engaged. Now I've, you know, I've seen several new patients this morning before you and I are talking and um, so many people say, you know, at night I can't sleep because my, my head just keeps running around things. Like I get a little bit, but I know it's not deep and, you know, and they have all these other problems. So when you're not in the, the sympathetic, especially at night, the parasympathetic comes in and that's your rest, relax, repair and digest. So maybe, um, you've heard, don't, don't be running around while you're eating, you know, sit and relax. And I, and I always think of the Italians, you know, they're very good at having a three hour meal and it's like, it's an event, you know? Um, but you, but eating in a rush, you know, it's like, Oh, I ate too fast. Or uh, I was super stressed when I ate, I kind of felt sick. It's because you're, you were in sympathetic overdrive, you were in the fight or flight and you weren't in the parasympathetic allowing you to, to digest. But it also, as I said, is what you need for sleep because you get the repair and the regeneration. And uh, so in a nutshell, those are the two systems. So let's talk about stress, which we've all been under uh, an extraordinary amount, especially in yeah. the last year. And and I'm looking forward yeah. to a post-vaccination <laughs> world, but I am still stressed about how to sort of not go back to normal, but go into whatever the next phase of this of life is going to be like this. So I don't know that the stress is going yeah. to go away. I think it's just going to take sort of a different uh, approach. So what is yeah. that stress doing to our uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic system? What is, what's happening with, with that? Yeah. When you're stressed, you're, you're revving that uh, sympathetic, the fight or flight. I mean, that's what's, that's what stress is. It is unfortunate that the body does not really um, make a distinction between physical stress and mental emotional stress. So somebody can be, you know, sitting on their job all day long and not, not somebody who's getting any physical activity, but they have a lot of mental emotional stress and that's draining them just as much if they were, you know, running a marathon, probably more because it, it, it's a negative type, type of stress. And uh, it's really what's interesting about stress is like what I'm, what might be stressful for me, you, you go, oh, you know, no big deal. Right. So you, you can't really assess for somebody what stress is. It's, it's what's true for them is stressful. So you know, then you get into sleep and it's like, well, I can't sleep because I'm stressed and you're in this catch 22. I mean, what I do for a living all day long is, is getting to that deeper level of why. And, you know, with sleep, you look at hormones and you also look at gut health, uh, because that's where the immune system is. So it's really immune system and, and hormones. And you're just unburdening the stressors as we like to call them from the body. And, and then you can be left with the stuff that is more lifestyle related, uh, that then you can say, okay, I'm going to make some lifestyle change. I'm going to get some me time. I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to chill an hour before bed and dim the lights and get in the bubble bath or listen to the music I like, or, you know, like 
you, you start to do lifestyle changes on a, on top of, you know, me doing my team doing the physiologic changes, because you can't just think your way into, okay, today I'm going to be relaxed. You know, when you have all these imbalances going on and you have all these hormones at, in a rev state, uh, you know, there's a little bit of outthinking it, but, but not for long. Like you, in other words, what I'm trying to say is you have to work from the inside out and the outside in, you know, so you have to have smart practices day in, day out, but then we really have to make changes internally. And what we've been confronted with, with this virus is that the people that are doing poorly with it predominantly have these comorbidities, as we call them, the things we all know we're suffering from heart disease, diabetes, obesity, et cetera. And and these are setting one up for a poor response because we have a lot of inflammation and inflammation is the root of all degenerative disease. But with this particular virus, that inflammation is setting you up for that, like a hypervigilant response. That's when you get into this cytokine storm that we've all heard of. So it's a cascade. And so it's always been a good idea to get healthier. You know what I mean? Like that's all, that's all I do. But with the, the this extra, you know, planetary burden that we have, now is the time, you know, now is the time to make those steps and take the inflammation down, have a stronger immune system, a more balanced immune system, better diet, lifestyle, you know, it, it all just feeds in. And then, you know, what patients say to me, and this is, you know, pre-COVID as well, well, my, my life hasn't changed. I'm still, you know, a busy, you know, busy person and parent or spouse and work is the same, but now it's just sort of rolling off my back in a way it didn't before, you know, the things that used to just impact me really hard now aren't. And I feel it's just because I internally am more balanced and, and that's true. Does that make sense? It, it does. And so I wanted to ask okay. you, uh, I'm not asking you to diagnose me, but you, you mentioned you yeah. do this all the time. So I, yes. from nutrition, <laughs> functional medicine, all of that, there've got to be some common things where walking in the door before even seeing the patient, you know, these five things are probably top of the list. These are the things that are most common with most people dealing with all of the stress and the the inflammation, all these things. Can you sort of give us what are the sort of the basics that that almost all of us are battling all the time and come to you going, I don't know what to do about this? Sure, sure. I mean, generally speaking, we start with diet because shocking, you know, shocking. It, it can, <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're putting in that mouth you know food is information and so i used to joke like pre-covid i'm in silicon valley and i do all these lectures at you know big silicon valley corporations and it's like if you were going to grab a candy bar and you know and after the ingredients it said you know this is pull, full of inflammatory ingredients so you will be moving toward obesity, type two diabetes, clogging your arteries. Blah, 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 you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. if if it if it translated what those ingredients were telling your body to do, you give it some pause before you, right. you ingested it. And we're not really taught that food is information. We're just we're hungry and we eat. And you know, the place that's closest, maybe we drive through. Goodness forbid, you know. Right, right. Um, so it it's 
getting that training of, you know, one of the first things we do with patients was we put them on what's called the modified elimination diet. And that's just a hypoallergenic food program for about three weeks. And we're doing testing at the same time. And, and, uh, but, but it's so funny how patients return and, and we see patients fairly often in the beginning because there's a lot of changes and you really can't remember for longer than a week what happened. Like you can't see somebody a month later and said, so how did that go? And it's like, you know, it's just too much time right. you now has passed. So, um, you know, they'll say, and maybe they're 10 days into it or two weeks into it and say, wow, like, you know, my bloating's better. And I actually feel like I'm sleeping a little better and my energy is definitely better. And I think those headaches I haven't had as many, you know, and they're, and they're sort of going through this little list. And then they look at me or, you know, one of my team and say, but we didn't do anything yet. Like we didn't even get the test results back. Like we right. didn't do anything. And it's like, no, you've done a lot. You know, yeah. that dietary change was very significant. And that is a foundation that too many clinicians miss and certainly conventional medicine misses all the time. That's something um, that, uh, um, it has really been interesting to me. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that says, I think most people, because it happened to me, but until I was really taught to pay attention to how my body responds to what I put into it, I never would have given it any thought. And it's just, it seems so odd that it took me until I was 40 to go, what, what happens to my body when I eat this stuff? Instead of just, this is good. This is bad. I've heard this is good for me. I've heard this is bad for me. <laughs> Shove it in my yeah. face and see what happens. But yeah. it, it is remarkable sort of the lab that our body is, you can wake up and go, yeah. God, I ate horrible at midnight last night. And shockingly, I feel terrible this morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then sometimes because, you know, you've got 23 feet of small intestine and another 11 of the large uh, or you know, seven to 11, um, sometimes there can be a delayed response and, and, and that can sort of make people want to tear their hair out. Like we're really good at treating migraines. And, you know, when I, when I start to say there's a often a food relationship, you know, sometimes I, I get the stink eye coming at me and they're like, like, I haven't tried everything I could possibly think of. It's like, <laughs> right. no, no, I get it. Because there can be a cascade of internal reactions occurring uh, before the symptoms. So, so it, it's both, but, but you're absolutely right. We're not trained with, well, this is going to have an effect and, 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 be aware of it, you know, mm -hmm. and start to see that. So anyway, to get back to your question, Sorry. one, <laughs> what you're putting in, in your mouth. Um, a two hydration is a huge one. I mean, there's so many Americans that are dehydrated because they're not, not drinking enough, just good, clean, filtered water. Um, three sleep, sleep is huge. And, uh, I was just talking to a patient and, and just now, and, and she said, she goes, you know, I need, you know, eight, eight and a half hours. Like, like she's asking for the sun, moon and stars. And, um, <laughs> and I was like the, the requisite, you know, the sweet spot of sleep is eight and there's nothing wrong with nine either, like less than that. And, and you're increasing your risk for cancer and, and dying. You know what I mean? Like there's a, yeah. there's a, a lot of great research on sleep. And, and so now there's the quality of it and regaining that, which we can get to the root of maybe why, but as far as allowing enough hours in the bed, uh, is, is a huge one because people are sleep deprived. And so they're not allowing that our friend, the parasympathetic nervous system to really 
get in there and repair and, and do all those phases of repair and regeneration and anti-aging and all those wonderful things. That's when the immune cells come out at night. So that's, um, that's a huge one. There's uh, exercise. I mean, these are so, you know, the basic basics, but again, can't say enough about how important exercise is. And you can hear, hear all sorts of opinions about exercise, but from a um, longevity, keeping the brain happy, there's something called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF, um, but it's generated from, from exercise. And it's what is said is 30 to 40 minutes a day, as many days of the week as you can. So minimally five, but it, you know, seven is great. Six is good. Uh, but moderate exercise, 30 to 40 minutes a day, you know, getting your heart rate up a bit. Uh, certainly if you want to do more and you're lifting weights and, you know, cardio, that's all good. But the, the sweet spot, like the, the eight hours for sleep, the sweet spot for exercise, as far as just longevity and cognitive health, not that hard, you know, 30, 40 minutes a day. Is that, I mean, is that a good walk? Is that, is that a 40 minute walk? Is that yoga? That, is that it, it, any of the above, any of the above it, you know, the other thing that research says is, you know, it's something you will like to do and you will do it. Right. <laughs> it's, right. It's strategy number one. You will do it. Right. You know, do, do that thing, you know, Absolutely. Um, then we can get into the nuances of yeah, a little, you know, a little stretching afterward would be good. And, you know, we want to get the heart rate up a little bit, but it doesn't have to be high intensity. You know, it can literally be a good walk for sure. Interesting. Uh, you mentioned yeah. sleep in there. And, and again, the focus of our conversation is sort of from a stress standpoint, uh, talk about how stress uh, affects our melatonin production. Yeah. So, so melatonin comes in with parasympathetic They're they're married. Okay. So when you, the, the melatonin comes up and it actually releases the immune cells to come out, and that happens in a parasympathetic state. So that's why, uh, you know, if, whether it's COVID or any sort of uh, degenerative disease, any sort of infection, we have to have a robust immune system that's cleaning house every single night and, and keeping ahead of anything that came our way during the day that might lead to an, an infection uh, or toxicity. And so the uh, getting a strong melatonin level, meaning a deep sleep is, is critical. And stress will compete with that because stress is adrenaline. And as I say to patients, like you can't be awake and asleep at the same time. You know what I mean? You can be, you can have a lousy night's sleep where you feel like you're awake, and then you can have a lousy day because you feel like you're asleep on your feet. But you're you're you are awake or asleep. You know, you're, right. you're not doing both. And so, um, adrenaline and melatonin, it it's like this. You know, it's mm. they're they're never operating at, at the same time. And so, uh, melatonin is a very safe hormone. I mean, it's, why is it anti-cancer? Why is it anti-aging? Because it engages the parasympathetic, you're getting into that repair and, and, and at night the immune cells come out and, and they counter infection and they counter aging, uh, and they handle cancer cells, you know, so it, it, it makes sense. That's why sleeping pills are, are so dangerous because they're putting into an artificial state 
of sleep, but not getting to the root cause of why you're not really sleeping. So studies came out um, several years ago now where you know the uh, prescri- prescription sleeping pills are associated with increased risk for cancer and heart disease. Like, of course they are, you know, because yeah. they're masking, you know, it's a, it's a false sleep. It's not a true sleep. And, um, you know, you can have uh, different, whether it's an Apple watch or I have a, I have a whoop band uh, or a ring, you know, there's a lot of uh, technology out there now where you can start to get an idea on, on your sleep quality. And it's, it's very important. And if, if you, and if something's getting in the way of that, again, it's immunity and hormones. So, uh, and 80% of immune cells are in your gut. So we say gut and hormones, that that's the root cause that we go after. Mm -hmm. If you're really endeavoring, it's like, I I do everything right. And I dim the lights and I try to relax. I'm still not sleeping. Like, okay. Then internally we have to balance. So let's talk about sort of some strategies to combat this, um, you, you, we talked about melatonin and, and it got me thinking about supplements and, and I hear conflicting information all the time about take a multivitamin because it's, it's a really simple way to correct or to add, make sure you're getting things in your diet that you're not otherwise getting. And then I hear that's probably one of the worst things you can put in your body. So <laughs> are there things aside from, okay, so we've got, we've got our diet dialed in. We're paying attention to how our body responds. Do I need a multivitamin? Do I need more vitamin B? What do I need to put in my body to, to keep things working the way they're supposed to and, and make sure I live a long, healthy life? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a really good question. And that's where you know, the health history comes in as far as what your body has been through, you know, were you a a kid that had a lot of antibiotics, you know, because you had strep throat all the time? Were you a teen that was on medication for acne? You know, were you just somebody who had a lot chronic sinus infections? And so again, these antibiotics that have just really messed up your gut, you know, and you don't have a good balance of good bacteria. So you're not absorbing as well as you should. And then we get into genetics, which is pretty fascinating. And, and you can have these tendencies in your family, you know, all the women have thyroid disease, or there's a lot of autoimmune disease in, in, in my family or, you know, various issues. And that's a real thing. You know, you can have these little defects, these little genetic defects that are not, they don't dictate you know, the color of your eyes and the shape of your face. We're not changing that. These are, they call them snips because you can, they're, they're actually in a on position or an off position. And if on is giving you inflammation, you can actually work a little harder nutritionally and turn them off. You Mm -hmm. see? So when something is heavy in the family, it's like, yeah, we're all like this, you know, like everybody, every every man has heart disease. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) So let's look at some of the weaknesses we have in the genetics and where do we have to work a little harder? So, um, vitamin D is a great example. You know, you can give somebody the best quality vitamin D and then their levels do not change. And you go, are you taking it? And they're like, no, no, I'm totally taking it. It's like, it's not changing because they can't turn it into the active form. They Mm. just genetically can't. So then you give them the active form, you see? Mm -hmm. So you might need to jump a step because their body can't do it. So for, for me in, in my family, there's, there's methylation methylation does hundreds of things in the body, but the major thing it does is, you know, it's keeping this detoxification and, 
your mitochondria, your little energy packages that are in every cell. And I methylate out of a possible 100% at about 12. This is not good. Yeah, wow. (laughs) This is not a strong methylation, right? And this was given to me genetically, but I've worked on my health so, you know, so well for so many decades, practicing what I preach never bothered me until a year ago and then smack, you know, and yeah, there's a lot of stress doing a lot of things, building clinics around the country. Okay, fine. You know, but this is me, this is my normal life. And then it was like, all right, you know, <laughs> you just went one, one step too far. Right. And it was like, okay, okay, methylation, what do you need? <laughs> right. And, you know, molly coddling it with things and, and now it's happy again. But you know, it's, it's having those tools to say, you know, so you asked, you need a multiple vitamin, maybe, you know, is, is right. un- unfortunately the answer. Now there's quality and there's a huge difference in quality out there. So it's supplements are definitely a get what you pay for moment. There's no two ways about that. I don't, wouldn't recommend them getting them at a big box store or getting them at a drug store or, you know, um, you know, they should be. And I mean, now online, there's, there's so many great products out there, but it is a get what you pay for moment. Same thing like with fish oil, you know, fish oil, getting your omega-3 fatty acids, they're anti-inflammatory and they're so important, but is that, is it processed such that all the, all the heavy metals like mercury were removed from the fish? Cause it's like, you're not going to take an anti-inflammatory with a with a a side of inflammatory heavy metal, you know, uh, neurotoxin, right? (laughs) So it's, so these things are, you know, what do I like? I like a great multiple. I like a great C, D, uh, fish oil. Um, And then, and then that's sort of like the foundation. And then what do you need? What, what are your nuances, you know, based on your, your history. And it seems like that's something we would need to work with our doctor or, fu- or a functional medicine practitioner to, to really do the tests and dial that in and figure out what we're, what we're missing. Yeah. And really, yeah, I really find out it's just, and we say, always say to patients, like we're going to use some therapeutic doses in the beginning to handle X, Y, and Z, but then we should be okay with just foundational unless we find something that's unique to you. And it's like, like me with my B12, you know, uh, you know, with the methylation and I need this very special form of B12 and, and that's it. I, that's, you know, we're buddies now. So we're, (laughs) (laughs) I I ain't getting rid of that B12, you know, Um, all right. So, so to bring it all back to stress, I know we talked about, uh, sort of changing your diet and, uh, and getting enough sleep and getting enough exercise, any other sort of final takeaways that you would recommend that are for people that are just feeling the stress of, of the world of work, of parenting, of all of the things that are coming at us all the time. What, what other things should we consider, uh, sort of in closing here, uh, as we try to reduce our stress and, and live a little bit more peacefully? Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about were, um, sex hormones. Mm-hmm. So, um, and women can feel this a little bit more acutely. We have two major hormones, estrogen, progesterone. We make testosterone too. We both sexes make all three. It's just very different ratios, but, uh, progesterone is the mellow, feel good, relaxed, de-stressed hormone. And literally when you're under stress, your body will shunt away by biologically away from making the progesterone to just make more stress hormones. It's like, we need it over here. We need it over here. We don't, we don't, we don't care how you, you know, you're, you know, you're not going to be relaxed. It's too bad. We're just, we're just using it so much over here. And so 
we can get into a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, things where the next thing you know, somebody's handing you, a, you know, a psychiatric drug for your for your depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and it's it's not a you know it's not a brain problem, it's a hormonal imbalance problem, right. and so finding a clinician that can balance those. Now, everything we talked about helps, you know, the the basics help, but just don't give up. If you just go, wow, I'm just so anxious and it's just unrelenting. Uh, There, there is a deeper reason for that and, uh, and not to leave out the, the men either, but the body has the, you know, stress, it goes into we're having a life and death moment. And, you know, the joke in the field is like, well, we don't care how you feel about it. We're going to get away from the saber tooth tiger and (laughs) to fight another day. We'll talk about how you feel about it later. Right. And so, um, and of course the saber tooth tiger is not supposed to come around very often. So it's not, it's not going to create problems, but when you're in that, you know, fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight, the sex hormones are going to suffer and not that they can't be rebalanced, but it's just, it's just something that you want to address and not feel like you're, you're stuck with it. And is that something we can address on our own or do we need help from, uh, from a doctor with that? Well, starting with some of the basics that we talked about Mm. with the diet and the exercise and hydration, like, you know, I mean, sometimes people clean up their diet and go, Oh my gosh, I can't even believe, you know, if I'd only known. Right. Right. And then, and then sometimes that will get you a quarter of the way and we still have more to go. So it's very personalized, you know, that's why when patients, you know, I have a YouTube channel and they go, what do you do for blah? And it's like, well, you know, 10 people could come in with migraines right. and I'm doing eight different things because it's, it's a personalized program, yeah, right? Sure. But, but there is a foundation, there are foundational truths and that's what we've gone over. And then there's the nuance of the individual. Uh, it's, it's all amazing stuff. It's been great talking with you. Where can we learn more about you and, and seek you out if we want to get that one-on-one help from you? Yeah. So the website is root cause medical clinics. That's with an S.com. And, um, that's probably the best way is to go to the website. So we have a location in here in California, Florida, and then next year in Texas. Our thanks to Dr. Vicki Peterson, co-founder of the Root Cause Medical Clinic. Lots of great information there about getting your diet back on track, making sure you're taking whatever supplements are useful for you, and just really learning how to, to manage your stress a little better. And, you know, one of the things that's frustrating in this arena, this space, whatever, when you're, when you're working on self-development or whatever, is that it is often very individualized, whatever needs to change. It's hard to do a podcast like this and reach out to all the people that this reaches and feel like it's going to land for everybody. I know a lot of times I'll read books and there's tons of information in there. And I just feel like, yeah, but I just need someone to to draw a map for me. I I can't take this general path and, and apply it to something really simple for me. That's one of the you know most stressful things about this work is trying to figure out what works for you. And I think that so much of what we talk about here on this show is that that idea of just, you know, for lack of a better term, biohacking, throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks, looking at how your body responds, how your mental health respo- responds, and sticking with those things or, or getting rid of the things that create problems. And it's about self-advocacy as well. There are basic things that we can all do to help relieve the stress. I'm, you know, going to keep saying, you know, yoga, right? 
anyone can go yeah. to yoga to relieve the stress. Anyone can do breathing exercises to relieve the stress. And when you get into things like exercise and working out, that's going to be hugely different, right? Maybe you have bad knees. Maybe you have a bad shoulder. Maybe you can't do this or that, right? You have to customize that. And then there's nutrition. Some people work really well with the keto diet. Some people work really well with carbs. Some people work, it's so different for everyone. So it really comes back to that self-advocacy and being curious about yourself and experimenting with those biohacking things, right? What happens if I remove white stuff like flour and rice and things like that from my diet? And, you know, what happens if I just walk an hour a day? Or what happens if I delay my coffee by two hours every day? <gasps> no. Um, I do that every morning now and it's amazing. Yep. Like I would have never thought to do that, but, um, yeah. And we'll get into that a little bit more next week, but yeah, that, that has been a game changer for me because I used to drink coffee all day long and now I have two cups because I've delayed my first cup by two hours and my adrenal system is allowed, is functioning more properly to keep me, to keep my energy level up throughout the day. It's, it's incredible how a little thing like that that terrified me when I heard it. And I went, well, pfft, no way mm -hmm. I can't do, I can't, you know, I can't get past the first five minutes of my day without coffee. And now my whole day feels better because of the way that I've, I've implemented that change. So the little things like that are huge. And, uh, you know, another point that I think is important and that I think some people will take away from this interview is that a lot of our problems are in our head, but there are some that come from our physical body. And if we aren't taking care of it properly, if we're not giving it the nutrients that it needs, the water that it needs, the movement that it needs, then that can create more stress and more anxiety and more depression. And so it really is a throw everything against the wall. Maybe not all at the same time because you'll burn out and fail, but just start throwing things against the wall and seeing what, what sticks and what works for you. I'll reiterate that. And it's, there's the basic things that you can do, but just being curious about yourself. What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And it's not all going to work. And, mm -hmm. you know, you spent eight years getting to the point where you can let your stress go. How, somewhat. Well, somewhat. you know, to a certain extent, but how <laughs> yeah. many of the things have that you've done over the last eight years are still with you? How many of those things stuck? The, the glass of water analogy at the beginning of the show, that has been in my head for eight years. When, when that was just, was explained to me that stress and, and all the problems in my life are a murky glass of water that I'm spinning and spinning and spinning around trying to see through it, when all I had to do was just set it down mm -hmm. and it would all fall to the bottom. And that's that has changed my life. Right. But how many things are not with you that you've tried that didn't oh, work God, out? Yeah. Yeah. A huge list. Right. Uh, let, me, let me get out the pile of books that are in the garbage. Exactly. So it, it, it's all personalized and you need to have, again, that curiosity, that, that ability to fail too, right? Try something. Oh, that didn't work. Try the next thing. Cause eventually you'll find something that works really well for you. And you can, you can find lots of things by listening to this show to listening to other shows like it, reading books, but sometimes you are going to need help. And that's where someone, you know, like Dr. Peterson would be a really valuable resource or, or your doctor or some other functional medicine practitioner, Sometimes you will have tried everything and you just need some help and you need to be okay with asking for it. I guess I just hope that conversations like this one help whoever's listening to try these things and, and ultimately decide if, if more help is needed. 
All right. So with that, we will wrap things up. A lot of the things that we talk about on the show, some of the, the biohacking tricks are actual products that we actually use. I ordered some myself today that came in the mail. I'm very excited about if you have heard us talk about things that you want to try and you're thinking, well, where do I get this stuff? We do uh, have a little store on our website. You can check it out. It's in the affiliate section at thefitmess.com. Check it out. Uh, we call it the Fitmess Toolkit. It's just tons of stuff that we talk about here that we actually use, that we actually enjoy. By the way, we aren't getting paid for, for most of it. It's just stuff that we've tried it. We like it. We put it up on the website for you to buy. So if you would like to go check that out. And while you're there, please do subscribe to the newsletter so you never miss an update related to the show. And while you're there, you can also subscribe on your favorite podcast player and follow us on the various social media platforms that are available. That's a lot of words and I'm, I'm done talking. So we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week on Wednesday with a brand new episode at thefitmess.com. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.